0: Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most informational, educational, and entertaining podcast for auto detailers. Welcome to the community.
1: Hi, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. My name is Marshall Hill, and I'm your guide as we journey through the car care industry. You can find me on most platforms at Total Auto Solutions you're on TikTok, find me at Detail Supply App. Best way to get in touch with me, though, is shoot me a message direct, 918-800-1188. Today, we've got Greg and Sean. Looking forward to a wonderful discussion. Greg can be found on most platforms at Masterson's Wax. But if you're on TikTok, find him at Masterson's Car Care. Best way to get in touch is shoot him a text, 562-335-2053. Sean is at Orbis X Inc., on uh, social platforms, best way to get in touch with Sean is shoot him a email, S-H-A-W-N at orbisx.co.
2: The C-A. C-A, damn it. You got it. <laughs> Almost
1: nailed it. <laughs> Next time. <laughs> Greg Greg is offering out his number two. Greg, uh, I'm gonna hop into this Decadent Ales Pacific Punch. It's a double Ooh. IPA with strawberry and orange. And oh, I want you to tell us about that amazing haircut. You're up nice and tight on the sides. It looks really clean. Uh, well done. Oh, my hair! Oh, yeah. I always, I always
0: like. I, I once in a while, I just cut all my hair off. Oh, exploded! <laughs> there she blows. <laughs> there she
1: blows. <laughs> Sean, what are you drinking today?
2: Uh, me, uh, same thing. Appleton Estates rum. Still finishing off a bottle from last time. <laughs> nice. Always but, uh... just
1: on the rocks. That's the way you always take it.
2: Yeah, always on the rocks. And uh, it's either that or tequila, uh, usually. But then this weekend actually, I had my first whiskey sour. And I know it might sound like crazy, but uh I, and my buddy he made it and he said, Listen, you have to guess what the ingredients are. And I had no idea there's maple syrup in it. And I was like, geez, that, that's just you know wild. there's an I egg. Know you.
0: you know there's an egg in there, right?
2: Oh, I did not know that. Okay, did so he not I didn't tell guess you that? that one. <laughs> I don't know if he did that. He Okay. The two ingredients, I guess, were uh, far off from that, though.
0: Okay, because the, what, the main ingredient in the whiskey sour, besides the whiskey, is egg whites.
2: No way. That's why ah, it's okay. frothy. Oh, ah, okay. It's that sour. makes sense. Yeah.
0: What else is in a whiskey sour? That is, uh, that is whiskey, uh, anise, a- ag- Agastota, agastora bitters, <laughs> uh, egg, egg whites, um, simple syrup, and uh, honey. I believe mm-hmm. I, I'm. I'm I, I hope I'm not missing something on there.
2: Yeah, I think he told uh, me lemon or something in it too. But there I is lemon. Juice, yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay.
1: When I was at the Jack Daniel's distillery, they had a pre-made whiskey sour. But I just Sean, I'm like you. I I kind of I froze. I was like ah, it sounded <laughs> like I don't know that I I can't I can't remember myself ever having a whiskey sour either. Uh,
2: okay. My,
0: I, the whole two, horrible
1: thing is people don't make it right. Uh, that might be why i i kind of what was it that we used to drink in the clubs that was something if you ever go out and there's a bunch of girls and you're in the club like they were always drinking something with a sour right like uh was that a vodka uh what was it (laughs) no it wasn't tequila (laughs) vodka sour no that's not right there was another maybe it was a whiskey sour but that didn't sound like a chick drink i just remembered something like that was a sour and i was like "Ah, i'm gonna pass Uh, (laughs)
0: Yeah.
1: How was it? Did you like whiskey sour?
2: Yeah, to be honest, it was good. Uh, the, the only problem, I think that you would have to have it in the right environment, not being like, you know, the sun's out, you're by a pool, or you're in some like, you know, musky bar or something, like one of those two extremes. But uh, we were just sitting on his patio, but it was kind of cloudy, and just wasn't the right drink for that occasion for me personally. But uh, but it was good, you know. But also, he didn't put the egg whites in. So once again, like you said, Greg, he didn't make it right. So. <laughs> Well, now I have to go. I'm going to drive to a bar now after this. <laughs> I have to have a proper one. That's yeah, what I'm going to do.
0: A, you have to go to a cocktail bar because most places they, they like oh, well, we don't have the egg so we'll just omit it.
2: Oh, oh just, you know what I
0: mean? And they're trying to omit that, you know? And they're, yeah,
2: and, and they're but like, you can't. It's part of the, yeah. yeah
0: it's part of the drink. It's like, it's like when people go places, oh, yeah, I can make you a mojito, but we don't have any mint.
2: You're like, yeah. wait, what?
1: How did that, how are you going to make a mojito without any mint?
2: Yeah, exactly. We'll use basil leaves.
1: <laughs> I can't tell if I like this beer or not. It, it's a double IPA. So it's super, it's dry. It's really dry. But then all that fruit, I mean, look at all that. I mean,
2: oh, there's geez. a lot of
1: fruit into it this orange puree and strawberry. It's super weird. Like, it's, it's like tardy,
2: but oh, then it's yeah.
1: really dry. So that's an interesting beer. I don't know. That's Ooh. odd. All right, Greg, uh, we want to talk, we've got a couple different uh, things we want to talk about today, which is, is, is good. You, you had mentioned you sent over, say, hey, let's talk about time. So I definitely agree. Time is, uh, time is an interesting thing. As I learned growing into you know, operating a business and I started listening to, my, my first ways of starting to gain information wasn't podcasting, it was listening to audio books. And I listened to Four Hour Work Week, and I have to listen to books because I just can't read. It is kind of funny. I was joking the other day with uh, my family. Uh, I I graduated from well, it's it's a it's a preparatory high school here in Oklahoma. and It's called Hall and Hall, and it's it's a college prep school where basically okay. anybody that's parents were brain surgeons or like top people would send their kids and. I got a baseball scholarship to go and I worked my ass off to get it in. Nice. But then I got there and I was way over the top. Like we were reading books a week, stuff like Jane Eyre, stuff no. like uh, uh, what's that? Uh, where the guy goes around and sees everybody in the ships. Uh, I don't know. It was all these crazy random, the, God, what was that? Ulysses or something like that. There was one of like those big, huge, thick books that we had all, we had to read all this crazy, stupid stuff. But i can't read i could get down about a paragraph maybe two and because i'm so slow at reading i got tested at just over a hundred words a minute so you got to think that's like watching a movie in super slow motion uh, yeah, right? yeah. like you, the cat went to like that's the way i read and so by the okay. time i get a couple paragraphs down my add i'm already thinking about something else i can't remember what that was like i just couldn't read i couldn't do it so I had to find more time-efficient ways of handling what would I do? How could I get through this? And so as I got into business and was trying to learn more, right, I couldn't read. So I had to listen to books. And one of the biggest books that helped me was 4-Hour Workweek. Uh, very, very great on um, how to you know, schedule your time out. You know, he's big on uh, maximizing certain areas of your time and doing things. And he has a quote and I always butcher it, but I'll do my best. Um, and, and it's and it's about how time is our greatest depleting uh, resource, mm. um, because Greg, I, you mentioned uh, you're right. You can't buy time. Time is always fading away. And I was talking to Nick, uh, my business partner, about this the other day. Of how when we got into, you know, I'm now 43, and it seems like as we get a little bit older and older and older, time becomes even more valuable. Right? Mm. We it, at your 40s, I haven't hit that like freak out moment, but I've had awareness of going, life is now half over. And, yeah. and what I want to do with the rest of my life, it's become time is the most, no doubt for me, is my most valuable resource. And as Tim says in the four-hour work week, it's always depleting. You can't, as you said, Greg, you can't buy time, right? So what what are some ways that you think that people waste time, Greg? You know, I, I, thought, I thought about
0: that, uh, that subject because a lot of people ask about business, about time. And, you know, one of, this is a big secret that is talked about uh, between millionaires, billionaires, everybody is that you cannot buy more time. You cannot buy it. It's, it's the one thing that's truly finite. There's no more of it and we can't get any more of it and we're not making any more of it. It's just what it is. And it really depends how you use that time. We all have the same time, 24 hours in a day, same amount of time. And it's all about how you use that time. And I have a lot of, I I mean, I was talking to a lot of people. I was actually talking to a shop. um, This is like about a month ago. and The owner of the shop said, I just don't have enough time, right? And you'd be thinking like, hey man, like, this 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 business must be so banging this person doesn't have that much time but the business is struggling and and wasn't making profit on it that. that's why she was consulting with me at the time so how is it you don't have enough time but your business is struggling it doesn't make out there there's something wrong there there needs to be better
1: time utilization how are you
2: using The formula's that? off
0: Yeah.
1: What do you think that people are doing that are wasting time? I agree. You know, we only have so much, we all have the same amount. How are they wasting it? You think, you know, when
0: out there in the personal world, wherever you use your time, if it values you, that's great. But when it comes down to running a business or operating any type of functioning business machine, I truly believe that you need to utilize your time more. And even I struggle with Mm. utilizing my time properly. And, and Um, you know, one of my mentors, uh, we were doing some work and, um, and my job is to create content, create content all the time. Well, every once in a while I'd get up, I have to print things out. I go and get it printed up, bring it to me, print up, bring it to me. And my mentors told me, what the fuck are you doing? And I'm like, I'm just going to the printer to get it. Like, no, you're wasting like, like at least 30 minutes a day, just getting up and walking to the printer. That's what the assistant is for. The assistant gets paid to work around the office, that assistant should be going and bringing you all that shit that you're printing and you should continue on your process. And that's really what the truth is, is that what are you wasting your time doing? Are you, um, if you're a business owner, are you cleaning wheels or are you calling and making the deals? Which one of those is making the money? Is it the cleaning of the wheels or is it closing of the deals? And I really truly believe it's closing of the deals and detailers. That's why I was thinking, talking about this, Marty, and thinking about this in my mind is that if detailers want to expand, scale up, make more money, eventually they need to transition actually out of detailing. It's a very 100%. weird concept, right? When you think about this, I need to transition out of detailing. I will eventually not be a detailer. It's like a good example, a chef cannot be a chef and run the restaurant. Mm. The chef could only run the kitchen, cannot run the whole restaurant, but there are sure. chefs that eventually grow into running the whole restaurant, but they have to transition away from being a chef, but they have to know how the rest, how the kitchen works precisely sure. to run that whole process. And it's the same thing with detailing. Eventually everybody that's watching this, if they wanna go big, they will eventually have to be that person that calls and makes the deals or sets up the deals and manages the work. Because uh, I think Marty, you know, and Sean, you know, detailing is so easy. We can literally teach a seven-year-old kid how to detail cars just as great as all of us. But I think we can all agree that it's very difficult for a seven-year-old to run a complete business and structure that into a system.
2: 100%, yeah.
1: Nice. Sean, what about you? What do you think? How do you think detailers, uh, people in the car care industry waste their time?
2: Yeah. So when when you think of wasting time, most people think of like, uh, you know, oh, you're watching Netflix or you're, you know, cruising the internet. But I I agree with Greg. It's actually, it's more, they're focusing on the wrong things and uh, time is finite. And that's the thing is that for us as a business, we're selling the results. We're not selling the time. The customer doesn't care if it takes 30 minutes or an hour there that's the business side that we're more interested in. It's more, they want the results. So a lot of these guys, I see, you know, they're, they're spending too much time on the wrong things and you, you got to make it, you want to do a great job but make sure that it's good enough for the customer. And they spend a lot of time focusing on, you know, like, uh, their, their minor expenses, things like that, or, you know, posting in groups, where can I get customers jumping from marketing company to marketing company? They're just spending their time in the wrong places. So they all have the same amount of time. And they're just not focused on the right things. And I don't think any of them have sat down and said, you know what? I'm not working today at all. I'm going to just look at my business, look at the past week and say, okay, where did I lose my time? I say, I don't have time. My business is struggling. Where's it going? So shut down for a day. You're you're already struggling. So losing one day, it's only going to help things if you assess your business. And I think no one's spending their time doing that. So they just get in the cycle where they're doing the same thing and they get caught up in running a business. But uh, when it comes to buying time, the way that I buy time is I hire other people and I use their time. I deplete their resources. And now I'm the one that, you know, ends up with more free time. And then I can find more people to do it. Uh, We don't have a mobile detailing unit. Uh, We do everything at our shop. We do do mobile service for like windshields and stuff. Uh, But what I always thought is if we were to do mobile here, it doesn't make sense because it's, you know, there's snow everywhere for most of the year. But if we were to do that, if I was somewhere that's sunny, you know, or if we came down to do Greg's cars finally um, (laughs) every week, but uh, I always wondered why these guys don't treat themselves like a chef and get a sous chef. They, they try and focus on finding someone that's going to, okay, you're going to go detail over there. I'm going to detail over here and that's how they add more time to their business. But if they had someone and they said, I need to hire you. And all I want you to do is prep work. You're going to go to job one, start prepping the car, and then you're going to leave and go prep job two. I show up start cleaning that car and then I show up to the other one (laughs) afterwards you know so there's ways of you buying time without uh you know spending too much time in the wrong places and get someone to do the the grunt work you don't want to do or that takes you a long time find someone else to do it faster and get them gone so I think that most people though where they waste their time is looking at their business uh from inside their business not from outside their business and so they're they're focused on the the micro tasks that have to get done and they're not seeing the big picture that maybe if they cut out some of those tasks, they don't even have to do them. Or maybe they could hire someone else to do them and do them well. And then they're not, you know, doing the macro things that need to be done to, to propel their business forward. So,
1: yeah, you know, cool. Sean, I, yeah, Sean, and
0: Marty, I'll touch base on that real quick. There's something that, you know, some, someone uh, mentioned this in a seminar I was in, and they called it time vampires, where they just mm. cut your time. And there's all these things in your business and your life that can just suck this time away, and and that time's so valuable, and they it'll just it'll just go away. So what are these things? It might be customers that call you don't purchase anything. It might be people that go to your business and and try to sell you other things or call you. Uh, you know what's a, a big time vampire is all those robo calls they call. It's a great time, time vampires, uh, on, on that one. Another one that I personally think a lot of people waste time on, and they, they were talking about this in detailing for money is quoting jobs via text message. Mm. It's a big waste of time. I truly believe. I, hundred I,
2: messages I, later,
0: <laughs> hundred messages later. And, and the, uh, they were talking about this on detailing for money group. They were like, I, I live in a big city. I'm in, I'm in the Los greater Los Angeles area, Southern California. And, um, You know, this person was in Texas saying they had to do text messaging because they had, that was the only way they could see the car. Well, I understand that, but don't try to close the deal over the text because nobody will take it seriously. And this is a crazy statistic. People in real life, face-to-face, they have the hardest time saying no. And that's why a lot of people waste time in businesses because they don't know how to say no. They don't just know how to say, people ask, hey, do you want to go do this with me? Instead of saying no, they just say, yeah, yeah, I'll think about it. And so they just say, true. No, I don't have the time. I'm sorry. But maybe we can do another true. time. And that's There's, a big time waster, I believe.
2: Yeah. How many times, Greg, have you seen uh, someone post, you know, what's going on with my pricing? I send it to everybody and they just ghost me. They stop replying. Yeah, and I mean, well, that's why it's easy to ghost you online It just disappear. Yeah. Next. It's easy
0: to ghost somebody. And it's easy to ghost somebody yep. you've never seen a face of. It's, it's very true. hard to say no face to face. Any guy that's watching this, um, if you're ever trying to to get a reach around from a girl, it's you can't go on text message. Be like, hey, hey, <laughs> uh, after this date, can we get a reach around? you are gonna be like, what? Like, no, fuck you. But, but if you're at the bar and you're like, hey, you know, I want to go out and we'll like, you know, give me a little reach around. Oh, it's just, they, they, yeah, sure, let's do it. <laughs> Room two
2: hundred two. Let's
0: yeah, yeah, <laughs> let, let's go. Yeah, it's more, much more exciting in person. People cannot say no in person. That's a really big business secret, I think. That's People true.
2: And on that note of the vampires, I find, too, that uh, some people try to overdo it with the customer service in the wrong direction. So they'll sit there and talk to a customer for, you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes after the job's done about their life story and stuff. And that's not building rapport. And that's not the time to build rapport. You've already built that with the work. You can be friendly, be courteous, all that stuff. And you don't have to be rude or, you know, too blunt about it, but you can just say, listen, I do have to go make some other customers happy as well. It was a pleasure talking to you, you know, look forward to see you again. How about I pencil you down for two months from now? And then boom, then, then you're gone, you know? You go. and, yeah. and, and that's it. Don't, don't stand there and, you know, oh, this is your little dog Cuddles. And, you know, oh, how old is she? She just had a litter of pups. None of that stuff is going to further your business. I promise you.
1: Yeah. Cool. For me, and I was asked a similar question uh, on a podcast that I was on, but they asked the question of, tell us what does it take to grow a business? My response was it takes time, right? Like I think detailers or car care specialists, anybody that's wanting to grow a business out of cleaning cars, I think that they waste so much time on their own selves and they don't invest it into their business. You had mentioned, Sean, that you know a lot of people that just sit in their house. They just sit and they just do, right? Like they don't get out. That's, a, that's To me, that's a very practical thing that people waste time on. And I think it's because they're wasting time on entertaining their own selves instead of entertaining the business, right? Like mm-hmm. for me, my growth has all come from self-sacrifice, denying things, staying focused, being intent with what I'm trying to do. Now, that's caused a lot of problems, right? Because of my wife at the time didn't feel I loved her because I worked so much. Relationships become hard if you don't invest into them, instead of your business. So, to me, it, it, it's a tough little battle when you're trying to do inner relationships or things that that benefit you as a person. If you're investing too much time into that and not into what I define as my child, my baby, right? My baby is my business. So the more time I can give into it, that should be the better that it starts to grow or you figure out where it's not growing and figure out how to help it, right? So to me, when I look at people's lives, I see them so much on entertaining themselves, whether that's on TV, their Mm. phone, however it is that they sit and just entertain versus taking that time and going in, like Greg will talk about, detailing for money and these comments and and, and interacting with people and going into local group forums and interacting with people. And if you want to be on Facebook, cool. I love being on Facebook, but I spend the time to interact with people and not just entertain myself. Now, do I get myself some entertainment? Yes. But I try to really be disciplined to schedule in when I can go entertain. When I now here's the interesting part is I just had a girlfriend move in. So (laughs) this is really going to be a shot. And, you know, and we've already had those discussions, like, listen, I work until here. I do this until this, and we're trying to work through how we handle that now that we're living together. So, you know, time is one of the greatest things that we can benefit our business, or if we don't spend enough time on our business then we're wasting so much time that our business needs. So let's, let's, let's list a couple things, Greg. How do you recommend people be more efficient with their time then, right? If, if we just talked about how they waste it, how can they use their time more efficiently? You know, the way I, this is the way I use my time more efficiently.
0: It is, I, there's two ways you can use the time efficiently. Okay, I believe number one, discipline. Or the way I use it, is integration. And it's, it's one of those. And I'll explain the two discipline is you're so disciplined in what you do that you can every morning, you're getting up at 5.00 AM and from five thir- from five to five 30, you're running. And from five 30 to five to six 30, you're getting dressed. And from eight to five, you're working. And from five to six, you are spending time with your family. That's, discipline. Right, so do
1: you do that? And do you, is that, is no, that the
0: way I'm not, yeah, i can not, I'm not, <laughs> no I'm not, no that I am not that disciplined <laughs> to either. do that. Now there are some people that use intense discipline to do that. The yeah. way I work is more Kung Fu and it's integration, right? It's where you're integrating all these things into your life where you don't even think about it. it's mm. happening and you're not thinking about it. Okay. So I'll give you a good example. It's like uh, people ask Greg, "How do you get good with interacting with people?" I just do it a hundred million times. When you do something a hundred million times, it, you're not even thinking about it anymore; you're just doing it over and over and over again. People, a lot of people, ten thousand hours. Yeah, a lot of people waste time because of the procrastination. It's like you're you're doing a push up. You say, "Okay, do five push ups," and they're like, "Oh well, like shit, I, I've never done a push up. How do I, I? I can't do a push up. I don't know how to do a push up." Um, do I do it this just way? Not no, do not not gonna, <laughs> just
1: fucking
0: <laughs> <gonna> do the push <laughs> up. Just do the push up. Why didn't they just start the push up? It's because they were procrastinating it, right? My belief is just, I'll just let's, okay, let's start doing this push ups, okay? Okay. The first thousand push ups are going to suck and they're going to be garbage, right? But after a thousand, I'm going to be doing this. I'm going to be doing this. I'm going to be doing this. Be doing this. True. Doing all, right. And by, and in the time that I just started doing the push ups, That's where by the time somebody else decided that they're gonna start to do it, we've already gotten better at it. It's already, you're already um, developed that skill. And that's the type of integration that I mean to succeed with time. It's not even just the starting and just doing, it's just that just start doing it now. And by the time you get going with it, it's gonna be integrated into your life already. It's, um, It's like with communicating with people right? Um, We were just talking about this the other day. This, I put my phone number out there a lot. I put it out there just like this, right? Sometimes I get great calls. Sometimes I get crazy people calling me, right? Like irate (laughs) people. I I don't know what, it's crazy, right? Well, today (laughs) I got an irate phone call, Uh, but I didn't hang up the phone, Mm. okay? Why? Because it was great training on how to deal with irate customers, Right. Mm-hmm. This is, this is a free training for me on how to deal with an irate customer that is, it's not even a customer of mine. It's actually this person wasn't ever going to buy anything from me or, or shop on us or watch a videos. The guy was like, I would just calling just cause he was irate. He's he saw our phone number on here and he's like, he saw that I was talking about ceramic coatings and he got irate about it. And he's like, you don't know what you're talking about and something else. So it, I stayed on the phone with the person for 30 minutes because it was great training on how to not be like, Hey bro, fuck you. Mm. You know, right. When do you get that type of experience? Never. And it's free. So I took it and, and I didn't just automatically take that because the training, I took it because I've done this 10, 15 times before this is like the 20th time I've had this type of training. So now it's just integrated on how to deal with that type of customer. And I went through all the, the cycles of it, so i integrated that into my lifestyle but that started like 10 times ago it's like the 20th time this happened so that's how i truly don't waste time just integrate
2: yeah that's true it's uh, building that muscle memory right that it, it yeah you start with the small things add on to them over time and it just builds and next thing you know it's perpetual habits so correct that, yeah this yeah. is a muscle yes exactly it's it's the biggest one that most people don't realize you know they Go to the gym. Oh, I got to work out my biceps, triceps, legs, this and that. But they don't realize your biggest muscle is, is this up here. And speaking of you know getting older and time depleting, that's the one you want to keep sharp. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, 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 so yeah, yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> so Sean, how do you I'll recommend? How do you yeah. recommend people uh, be more efficient?
2: Uh, so a few ways. Uh, one, the, the easiest one is delegation. Uh, so delegate tasks. And that could be all kinds of things. Uh, Like me, I I love spending time with my kids, love doing stuff with my kids. uh, But there's certain tasks that I necessarily shouldn't be tasked with during the day, um, that maybe my eldest daughter could help out the youngest one, or maybe my wife could help out things like that, that, you know, and I can redirect my skill set to where it's better needed during those work hours. Um, But the the other one is, uh, so actually, I pulled out a book while we were talking, this is book called rework. I bought this whole book, each chapter is about two to three pages really easy stuff uh but i bought this whole book for one chapter that's two pages long two pages and it was to bring in to show my staff and i said look guys we're canceling all meetings we're not having any more meetings zero uh what we're going to do is everything will be in a a weekly voice note that's going to be it and then from my business partner nick he'll do the daily one and then paul he'll do the one in the morning that's it two minute voice note that's what they get and if we can't solve our major problems in two minutes or less, I'm talking with the staff, not like management type stuff, but then there's, then, then there's no reason for us to even have some of these staff. They're, they're problematic to begin with. So my, my point is meetings, people waste so much time with meetings and that can be all kinds of stuff. Like I, I hear guys say, Oh, well, you know, before I quote this job, I, I got to drive out to your house and, you know, see the vehicle and this and that and I'm thinking you're going to spend, you know, 30 minutes there, 30 minutes back, maybe 45 minutes with the customer at that point, just give them the detail for free. (laughs) Like you might as well, like, you know, you're so worried about what you're going to charge for it. Just, uh, you know, formulate a price and say, look, it could be plus or minus 10 or 20% either way. And now it's done. Conversation's done. You show up and nine times out of 10, you're going to come out ahead. The one time you're going to take a loss. Don't be worried about that because it's, it's the ninth time and you can deal with that case by case. But I find a lot of people waste time with those kinds of things, meetings and, you know, people say, oh, you know, I'm looking at buying a shop and then they go to 800 different locations and they're trying to find the perfect place. Just just pick one based on some metrics. Start there. You can always move. You don't own the building, you know, so just little things like that. So I do a lot of delegation. Uh, I have to do lists like crazy. Uh, We use technology, of course, Orbis X manages so much stuff. And the biggest thing is I always stop and take a look at our business as a whole. And I spend the time by myself. I have a meeting by myself. I take a look at the business and say, how are things going? Find things that my staff are doing over and over and over again. I find ways of either, can we eliminate that completely? Or can we use technology to automate it and then, you know, get that going or find ways of improving their skill set. And Greg, it's funny. you, You stayed on that phone call for 30 minutes to improve your skills. I do something similar. When people call me telemarketing, I actually stay on the phone with them and I, pretend throw rebuttals and i listen to their rebuttals to my rebuttal to see if i can learn something from them that might improve my sales guys so and i'll tell them at the end i'll be like listen full disclosure i had no intentions of buying this you did a great job i'll do the survey whatever you need me to do for your time you know but uh, but honestly it's just it really helped uh, to see your, you know your sales process so so i do stuff like that a lot too because it's it's free knowledge it's it's there take it you know but uh, and it's a great way too as a We're all salespeople. No matter what side of the business you're in, whether you own the business or you're the detailer working for someone else, whatever it is, you're in sales, period. And so get that experience wherever you can. Next time you order food, don't don't place it online. Call the place. See what their sales process is like. See if they asked you for any upsells, things like that. You're going to find flaws in their business. After that phone call, you ordered a pizza. Did they upsell you on, you know, like French fries or drinks, stuff like that? If they didn't, Notate that and be like, geez, when people call me, I should be telling them those kinds of things as well. So you can utilize things you're doing for pleasure as, you know, sales building tactics for your business. So it's, that's, that's a way of kind of doubling your time. You're spending something, you know, for pleasure, but, you know, improving your business as well.
1: Yeah, cool. Uh, I also like to, I guess you'd call it maximizing, or maybe it's part of the ADD. I can do multiple things at once, right? Like, so in order for my business to start getting out there publicly, as I branched out in 2016, from just local to national and trying to create a national brand, listen, you got, I'm detailing, I'm selling products locally, driving around the state. And then I'm also trying to build a national campaign and build a brand. Well, that takes a shit ton of time. And so I spent so much of my evenings trying to do multiple things at once. I knew I needed to start stretching. I knew I needed to start doing some things to help my body. So I would go into these hours of just trying to sit in different ways or lay in different ways so that my body can start trying to work itself out. And then I sit there on my phone, right? Editing videos, editing things, making comments, interacting with people. Like, I think people can be a lot more efficient if they'll try and do things that they need to do all at one time, right? So last night, instance um girlfriend needed me to to do some stuff because we're trying to get her kids enrolled into the school district I'm in. I am was trying to fill out some forms at the same time I needed to upload something so it was like you know what I can do that on my laptop in about an hour let me put these all together and I can just this just goes back to my 4 hour work week thought if you batch mm-hmm. things right like okay I don't need to do this now and then that and then it, like I can do all these and I can do that in this section right now I'm going to do this And then when it comes time to do this, if I got multiple things going on, it's no problem. I can have the dog here. I can have this here. I can be stretching doing this and I can be filling out this form doing this. You can do multiple things at once instead of just entertaining yourself or just doing this or just doing. So I'm a big fan of, and once again, maybe that's the ADD where I can do a bunch (laughs) of things at once. Many people call ADD a, uh, a weakness and, you know, they want to give you medication and put you in special classes. I think it's a gift and I think it's, a, it's an ability that allows people to think faster and do more than one thing at once. So, Absolutely. all right, let's move on because, Greg, this was a big part of the discussion. That, that time discussion went for a major part, so we'll try and do this one in a smaller aspect. Um, but we had an interesting time on, uh, on the, the group detailing for money. Um, somebody put out that they hadn't been doing coatings yet, right? Is a common thing as people are starting to come further into an industry, they're two months, they're six months into cleaning some cars and they start going, Oh, I got to start doing coatings, right? I got to start moving forward with that. It's interesting why people, some do coatings and some don't, right? Um, done a little, hadn't done any at all. And they start asking these questions, uh, why do you think, Greg, why do you think people are so scared? Let's start with this. Why are people scared to apply a coding? You know, that's an
0: interesting question. I actually have been thinking about that for about seven to nine months now. I've had a, a lot of thought about this. And there's when you go online, it's a very intimidating thing with these coatings, right? First of all, um, uh you see People go online, they're, they're in detailing or they they're just starting out with detailing, they go online and they Google, they Google ceramic coatings and ceramic coating businesses. And when someone starts out with detailing, the reason they got into detailing, and we've talked about this a lot, Marty, is the low barrier of entry, low barrier of entry, great industry to get into super low cost. So they're getting into this industry because the low barrier of entry. And they're thinking, cool, I can start washing cars. But then they start seeing all these pictures and videos and websites where these people have to have infrared lighting and crazy masks and all this (laughs) equipment. And they're like, oh shit, like, dang, like how am I supposed to install these coatings or apply these coatings when I'm just some guy trying to do it out there in the field with a pop-up tent or I'm trying to do it on bulk cars. It's very intimidating like that. And personally, for me, I've I've actually spent almost seven to nine months just thinking about this. because It's not the first time I've seen that. And that's why uh, over the past several months, we've actually been working to develop a new, easier to use coding system, right? From the ground up. And we haven't released this yet. It's gonna release like right before winter, but it's gonna like change everything because people are gonna be so much easier to use with these codings, right? As things, get newer and technology advances, we have more uh, easier to use products, right? Um, things get easier to apply, things get easier to use. Like computers, computers were so hard 30 years ago to use. And now it's just like everybody has a computer in their pocket that's able to do everything <laughs> and, and they can do it, right? It's the same thing with codings. The coding technology that a lot of people are seeing online is like from like 2004, five, six. And now we've, it's been so much time later that the new technologies are coming out. They haven't seen them yet. And a lot of these guys will need to be exposed to this. And what I, if people are listening to this, I tell people is follow the new stuff. And when you're looking at coatings, try to look for newer, more advanced coding systems. That'll help you out because they're probably gonna be easier to use. They're gonna cost less. They're gonna have um, better application because things evolved. You don't want to be using something that's just so old and hard to use, hard to function. That's my truly belief of that.
2: Cool. Sean. And you know what? I'm glad you said that too, because I feel that what I'm seeing in the industry is that a lot of people assume that these newer coatings, the new technology, they assume it isn't going to work or it's not good enough or something because they're so used to the other way. And it, it just... It makes me think about Kodak. Like do, do any of you guys own a Kodak camera? You you take, Not anymore, Polaroids. But- you take yeah, Polaroids. Hey, Polaroids out there a lot there.
1: of fun to print <laughs> a little piece of paper out and
2: wave it. it. Exactly. So so they invented the digital photo, like the digital printing process, and they didn't go that direction because they invested so heavily in these old printing technologies. And they said, geez, our infrastructure isn't set up for this. Let's just sit on it. So they sat on it, and then of course. Other companies came in, jumped in, and, and they took over. And now digital photography is, is where it is now. And, you know, the old techno. some people try and justify, oh, the photos don't look the same as the, the old stuff. And music doesn't sound the same as records and all this kind of stuff, you know, and that may be true in some instances. However, I, I feel that we need to let go of this fear of, you know, and, and squash the disbelief that the new coatings, the new technology, things like that are somehow inferior to older stuff. Um, they each have their own place, I would say. Uh, but but I definitely like the aspect of embracing what's coming because um, it, it will get easier. And, uh, you know, the cost for entry into those areas is going to be easier, I think, for for a lot of new startups and things like that. So, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. But uh, but my thoughts on it are um, there's not really anything to be fearful of. I, I would say you just got to jump in. And, and the beauty about it is you can go to your local junkyard And you could buy a hood or a couple door panels and and just go to town, try something new, you know, like go out on the patio, have a couple beers and and just try some stuff. Well, maybe, maybe try some stuff first. Hey, community, (laughs) but, uh, but just try some stuff like that's, that's what we did in the beginning uh, just to test things out. Because when I started our shop, we knew nothing about detailing. Um, I came from a marketing background and it's just because we had the warehouse and I said, well, we might as well launch something here went through a couple of business ideas and we said, well, if we're already parking cars there and we want to start a dealership. Let's open a detailing shop. So we knew nothing. We just tested stuff out, tried things. And then uh, our goal was eventually walk away from it. And that's why I never go into the shop anymore. But uh, that's that should be the ideal goal for most detailers, I imagine is, you know, to step away from it, have other people run it. Those people are also going to be intimidated to try these coatings or to install them. You're not always going to hire someone that you know, knows what they're doing. So that being said, when you have new hires, that's a good practice as well, is understand they're not going to have the knowledge you have. They might be a little fearful or intimidated as well. So pick up a hood and a, a door panel at the, you know, the the wreckers and spend a weekend with them.
0: Yeah. You know, I uh we might talk about this on other podcasts, but I've been doing detailing training for a very, very long time, training detailers on how to run a business and from this is one of the most limiting factors that I've ever seen in any type of business is that the reason detailers don't scale up and don't expand their business and take on employees and take on team members and build a team is because they're scared that they're going to invest time into somebody. And then that person is going to then be their biggest competitor. Mm. And that, and this is, what uh, every time a business doesn't want to scale up that's what i discover is their biggest fear and the thing about that is i tell people you have to risk to get reward there is no 100%. reward without risk and yeah you're risking that somebody might quit and go start their own business and open a shop next to you uh good there's a chance they might be with a great employee for you for years and might end up running your business for you and you both might end up succeeding. There's a lot of things like that, but uh, I've
1: I've noticed
0: that doesn't scale up like that.
1: Greg, I mean, it is interesting that people are fearful of that, but it does happen, right? Occasionally. It's not very often, but you know, and people will say that say, that's what they're scared of to me. and I go, listen, it happened to me. I started growing a business with a partner. Suddenly there was no more money coming in. And I called him on it and he said, oh, they've all moved to another company. Turns out it's because he started his own company and oh, sent all the customers to him. Yeah. So, I mean, I have experienced that, it sucks. It's not fun to look at somebody who says you're their friend and they're gonna be in business with you and then they do that to you. It's not fun at all, but you just gotta push through. You can't let that inhibit you. And there's ways around it, right? I mean, you could sign, non peach, you can do it, but you know, the rarity that somebody is going to come into your business and then steal everything from you is rare. It shouldn't be something we're afraid of. I I think one of the main things that people are so scared of doing coatings is because, like we said, Greg, their entry in, right, is very small. They're starting to get going. But then the early brands that were so predominant with their marketing, and Greg and I can, and I'm sure, Sean, you can too, is appreciate that they marketed so strong and did such a great job at marketing that they told people you had to put on three, four, five layers. Like they told people you had to have 25, $3,000, $4,500 ticket prices, right? The market at that time in the global market, as well as the U S market, everything was hot. It made sense to be that way, but I chose to go a different path because I got screwed by similar companies that told me I had a territory and if I added this and I did this territory and I did, right, that never works out. There's plenty of people that have gotten fucked also by these big brands that don't really acknowledge that there is a territory and they just allow other people to come in. So I said goodbye and I started my own brand, right? And I went with that one, two, three year option because I felt that, daily drivers, the average person was going to eventually need that type of protection. And so that would be the easiest way in for people that wanted to clean cars for them or wanted to put it on themselves was to have that option of one, two, three, single layer. You're not gonna waste your time with all these different layers. And I think that's what got people scared was that they had to put on all these layers. They couldn't do it mobile, right? None of those early brands, you could never do anything mobile. You always had to have this shop. It had to be controlled territory. It had to be a, uh, an, an environment where, like, everything was so specific, right? Old technology, Greg, right? Old ways mm-hmm. of doing things. And here's the other part that I think people got scared of, and this would be the interesting because I just listened to a podcast. I'm going to be on one on on Wednesday. So I was listening to some of the other ones. And there was one of these brands, these multi-layer brands. It's over in a different part of the, the world, but there's distribution. There's somebody that's distributing it here. And he says that they created a training facility. And if you go into their training facility and you don't know how to do paint correction, you have to learn that first before you learn how to wipe on a product. (laughs) Like, when did that ever happen, Greg? You talk about waxes, Sean, we've talked about sealants. When have we ever had to correct paint in order to protect it? It makes no sense at all. And so I think that scared a lot of people that, oh gosh, I've got to now perform paint correction and go through all these different steps in order to just put on a protection so Mm -hmm. they get scared out of that process. Greg, what are your thoughts on, you know, do you have to put paint correction? Do you have to fully correct the paint before you apply protection?
0: Well, it might be that company's system. Some companies, they, they, they say that their products need to work with the system. I tell a lot of people to stick, if possible, stick with one detailing brand system when you're doing a job. All the products, they're designed to work together. So if you're using like, you know, uh, your favorite ceramic company, try to use all of their products. Uh, I, you know, that's why masters is car care with full line, like behind us start to finish so that all the products work together. And then at the end of the job, we can guarantee that, uh, that the job is looking great, you know, but we can't guarantee that the job is going to look great if you're not using all the products and you're skipping some steps. So I kind of understand what they're saying. Like, look, we can't guarantee that your job's going to look the best like in these photos if you don't learn all these processes. But I don't believe as a person that you need to do all these processes before you're protecting the vehicle. Because who cares if your paint's all swirled up? You still need to protect it some way. It's like, who cares if you have a chipped tooth? You still have to brush your teeth. Oh, shit. Well, that one tooth is fucking chipped. Fuck it. Just, just screw it just, off.
2: Does it? <laughs> it breaks I just you. forget
0: it. Just forget it. Like, like I got a cut on my leg. Oh, shit. I got the one cut. Just cut the whole leg off. Just screw it. It's gone. Yeah. Right. No, yeah. I still had to, to maintain the rest of my leg, even though my leg had some stitches on one side. I still had to care for the other side. Right.
2: It's true. Um, it's the equivalent of saying you have to shower first before putting on bug spray
0: or something like that you know yeah it's personally everybody's personal preference if they want to go out and keep protecting the vehicle without swirl marks or with swirl marks let them i personally believe they should go do it because some people and this and the detailers go try this some people can't see the swirl marks Hmm. and there's nothing wrong with their vision they just can't see that and if they can't see it, there's no point in fixing it for them if they can't see it. So just move on and go on to the next step, which would be the protection because they can see or feel that. They bingo. don't see those swirls.
1: Yeah, bingo. Sean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna interject before I throw it to you, um, Greg. And that's exactly what I was gonna say. I've, I've got a vehicle coming in next week that's a GMC truck which we all know is not fun to work on. It's you know, especially a GNC black. Fortunately, this isn't, this is a brown with some, a lot of metallic in it. And that's what the customer okay. loves. So I asked him, show me, talk to me, tell me what you see in your paint. What is it that you like? He goes, oh, I love at first. I didn't think I'd like brown, but now I do. But I mostly love this metallic. And I said okay, can you see, what do you see? Like. I then got him out to look at the sun. He's like, hey, can you see the sun in this paint right here? When you look at this way, he goes, yeah. I go, what do you see? Oh, I see this metallic. Like we know GMC yeah. paint, right? We know they're clear coat soft. Anybody that has a GMC vehicle that hasn't done any type of buffing, polishing, anything on it. And it goes through car washes. What do you think that paint looks like? It's, <laughs> it's got marring, it's got wash marks, it's all over but you're right. He didn't see it. He was there. And then what he's coming back for was he had got a little bit of paint on his vehicle. Right. And I explained to him, Hey, if you would have had a coating on this, this paint would come off a lot easier. So there's a quote for me having to get the paint removed. And I said, Hey, once I remove that, um, we're going to need to protect it before we protect it explain to me what you see in your vehicle so I'll know what I need to do beforehand to make sure you're the happiest customer driving your vehicle, right? I mean, it's their vehicle to enjoy. It's their car life. It's not my car life. I don't need to interject my vision, what I see. I need to allow them to tell me what they see so I can meet their needs and then give them the best, you know, cost-effective solution for it. And he's thrilled, right? He's going to get a one-step polish because- It just needs to enhance the metallic, right? I'm not trying to cut out a lot of these scratches, but at least, and that's what I told him, I said, hey, at the very least, I need to polish this vehicle so that I can bring that metallic out even further. And then when we coat it and we basically protect the vehicle, you're gonna keep that metallic looking through the vehicle even better. So I, you know, I'm with you 100% uh on that greg that's that's the way i i love to do it so sean uh what yeah, do you think um
2: absolutely and we're we're the same way and actually uh marty we talked about this last week there where we do something similar at our shop we ask them we say listen if i was a genie and i could snap my finger and i could make three things better on your vehicle what would they be and that's where we ask them specifically and it's the way to get to the same answer like what do you see in the paint you know uh more times than not people don't care about the swirls because they don't see them at our shop anyways, they just, they just don't. It's exactly like you're saying, Greg, it's kind of like how some people, you know, see shades differently than other people, things like that. Uh, the way they're looking at their vehicle is gonna be completely unique to their experience, what that vehicle means to them, what it's used for, um, you know, so on and so forth. So it's gonna be different. And so asking them that question can can help. You can make suggestions along the way. Well, well you know, I noticed you have a scratch here, a swirl here, would you like me to tackle that? Sometimes customers say, eh, just leave it as is. Other times they're like, oh, geez, I didn't notice that before. That's going to bother me. I have OCD or whatever the case is. And tackle those situations like that. Um, I do think that preparation is always important, uh, at least for, you know, all the products we've used and the products we've tested at our shop. Uh, So I do think that some form of prep work is always necessary. But Uh, define prep work. I was about to say, when I say prep work, I don't necessarily just mean, you know, decontamination. That's obviously going to be important. Um, But I, I more mean prep work for preparing something that you're going to seal in or lock in. So whether that be the shine, uh, removing marring, you know, scratches, things like that. Um, So whatever you're going to be preparing for the customer in that regard. Uh, So there's the prep work before you're going to do anything that just makes sense, you know, removing, you know, debris, all that kind of stuff. But I more mean prepping it for what you're going to put into a time capsule for them and say, look, we're going to lock this in for a year, three years, whichever coating they're going for. Um, So that prep work is going to Differ depending on the client and what they're looking for uh but it it should always be there and at the very least it's an easy upsell too so practice you know practice some one-step buffing practice you know going in there maybe wet sanding if you're if you're new maybe <laughs> avoid that for a bit uh, but but definitely uh you know i i think it is something that's important and we do it on almost every coding job absolutely uh but that's that's usually an upsell at our at our shop
1: cool cool greg sean wonderful discussion uh, over time, how people spend their time, where they waste their time, how they can be more efficient. And then Greg, man, it's always fun to uh, see your (laughs) posts, see your comments and the way you interact with people on uh, Detailing for Money. Absolutely. And then also the other platforms. I know you have a Facebook group yourself, Detailers of Facebook. So it is always fun to enjoy seeing you. And so thanks for Thanks for letting us talk back forth through that comment and, uh, man, keep being you keep putting yourself out there and keep doing what you do. Sean. Thanks as always, man. It was a good time.
2: Absolutely. Thank you so much. You too. See thanks. you next time.
1: Community. Right, <laughs> Community. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to that episode. And if you got any value out of it, hey, go share it. Go let people know what you heard on the Pints of Polishing podcast. And listen, if you want to leave us a review, we would love that, you know, five star, one star, hey, whatever you think we deserve, if you would leave us a review, greatly appreciate that. And thank you so much for being a part of community.